You're listening to the podcast series brought to you by the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program at the University of Florida. Founded in 1967, the program has developed into one of the largest oral history archives in the nation with more than 6,000 interviews. We are dedicated to gathering, preserving, and promoting histories of individuals from all walks of life. One community, many voices. Joseph Smith was a passionate student attending Wesleyan University in the 1960s. He was inspired to join the civil rights movement after attending speeches by Martin Luther King and Ron Young. But there was a speaker after him whose name was Ron Young, who was a student at Wesleyan who had dropped out of his senior year to go to work with Reverend Jim Lawson in Memphis, Tennessee, and, and was highly committed to nonviolence and nonviolent resistance movement, the student side of the movement. And Ron Young ended his talk with these words. He said, I challenge you to try your beliefs in the fires of the hells of this world. And boom, I said, yes. So I, I would say I was committed, converted to the movement in that moment. And then the following spring, the call went out through John McGuire for people to come and participate in Mississippi Freedom Summer. Smith's early experiences during Freedom Summer were very intense. He realized just how severe the consequences of his activism were when he was instructed to write his last will and testament. I ended up rooming with Len Edwards and living next door to Fannie Hamer, uh, quite blessedly for me. It was, I mean, it was extremely intense. In fact, today we were at a living history workshop and someone was talking, the woman was talking about and reminding us about having to fill out our last will and testament. It's like, this is like going to war. This is like the D-Day scenes of before people parachuting behind the lines and, you know, uh, company of brothers, make sure this is filled out. And I think I remember that uh, we had to mail them to our parents. I'm just like, whoa. The murders of James Earl Cheney, Andrew Goodman, and Michael Schwerner put Smith and the Freedom Summer activists on edge, but also solidified their determination. Terrified, you know, it's like, all right. Well, on the one hand, again, I'm terrified, not quite the right word. You know, heightened fear, mm -hmm. um, prepared for, it's like, okay, we knew this could happen. So that was, you know, that was very bracing and scary. Um, but then Fannie Lou Hamer came back to town. So into that week, you know, everybody's scared, more scared than whatever we were later. I mean, actually, the, the, we all carried a level of fear with us all the time, much higher than we ever normally lived with. Part of it was you kind of got to manage that and, and live with that. And you, it, it wasn't paralyzing because you were kind of used to it after a while. But when Fannie Lou Hamer came back, so we're all fearful and dispirited, and the Negro community that we were there working with, dispirited, and Fannie Lou Hamer comes back from training people, calls everybody together on the front porch of her house, her, her small house, where she lived with Pat, her wonderful husband, Pat Hamer, and starts singing. And she starts singing, and everybody else starts singing, and kind of, Sing away your fear. So, um, I mean, she was just glorious and gifted as, as people well, well know, but so, in so much of what it was, I think was, was the way in which she could 
lift people's souls with her singing voice. As the summer waned, Smith was arrested and he deeply questioned his country and his place in it. I was in, you know, I was arrested in Drew, Mississippi. I was standing on school property trying to, or, trying to work with and organize some high school students to get them to agree to pressure their parents to allow us to use a church for a mass meeting. Two cop cars come up, they arrest me. I say, you know, like, what are you arresting me for? I'm just standing here. Well, we're going to arrest you for trespassing on school property. It's like, yeah, but there's 50 other people standing here. 30 other people. Shut up. Get in the car. So I get in the car. They put me in jail. I'm in jail by myself. Oh, first of all, they let me have my phone call. So we memorized the, the phone number for the Freedom House. So I call the Freedom House phone number that I memorized, and the line's busy. I said, the line's busy. Cop says... That's your phone call. So they take me off to the small jail that still stands uh, in Drew, Ramshackle now, wasn't, wasn't much better then, and uh, lock me in jail, take my glasses away from me, lock me in jail. And I'm pretty, I'm, ex I'm extremely scared, partly because nobody knows I'm here from the, from the movement. Finally, like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night or something, one of the teenagers that I worked with came and uh, said that he contacted them in, in uh, Ruleville. So they knew I was in jail, they'd be there there in the morning. So a pretty long night. Uh, and actually, I saw this sort of strange marking on the wall and I thought, what the heck is that? And I, I, I have bad vision, so I get up there, look out straight forward, and somebody had traced their hand and then filled it in with, with, a, with pencil, it looked like, or something. And it said, the black hand of death. I thought, I wish I hadn't gotten up here to check that out. You know, it's like, I really didn't need to know that. So after I'm arrested, though, I come out and I'm sitting there while the appeal is being filed. And there's a huge American flag. What in the world does this American flag mean? What does it stand for? Is it words? Is it empty words? Or is it a sham? Is it hypocrisy? Will this tell people that? And then underneath, we'll exploit the hell out of whoever we want to exploit the hell out of. And now, I am a victim of this system. Smith, like many civil rights veterans, was imbued with a powerful sense of justice and equality after Freedom Summer. He continued his activism, largely through the church and aid organizations. The legacy of the movement lives on through the stories and continuing struggles of civil rights activists. For more information about this segment and our collections, please visit our website, oral.history.ufl.edu.